Hi, I'm Ryan North. I'm Lori Fungi. And I'm Sean Wilson. You're listening to Foster Family Matters, a production of CK Family Services. People united through God to enhance the physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being of at-risk children and families. And welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining us again. Foster Family Matters is the podcast, and uh, hopefully you know that because you had to push a button to get to us. Um, But uh, we are so glad that you chose to listen to us today, and uh, you should be picking up Uh, if you have not. What? I just saw somebody join watching this thing live. (laughs) My wife. Uh Uh-huh. I saw that. Everybody She's been with us for a little bit now. Everybody behave. Pressure. (laughs) I should hope I say smart things now. Well, you better give her some good nurture and love. Because I feel like that's I have to what restart. We're about. No, you're good. This is we good. still good? Yeah. You sure? Yes. Roll with it. Okay. So. Hi, Kayla. <laughs> Hi, Kayla. So I did that on purpose, Sean. I apologize. <laughs> that's okay. She's been there for like half an hour, hasn't she? <laughs> yeah. You were just waiting it's for the been moment. It's been a minute. No, I literally just noticed it. Just oh. popped up on my screen. So, hi, Kayla. How are you? So nice. She's like, she just today. started started watching. Left her photo on the counter and went and did something else. <laughs> so, um, and so, for those of you who are thoroughly confused right now, those of you who have not stopped listening, um, let me explain to you that when we're recording this episode, we're actually doing it live on Facebook as well, and you won't be able to find that at the point that you're hearing this via the podcast method because we will have obliterated it to get rid of all of the evidence. Um, except for that that's baked into this podcast. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we do fun things like that. Uh, we think it's fun anyways. We're having a good time, and, and the folks that, that are listening uh, seem to be enjoying it. Uh, so if you have not already, join our Facebook group because we let folks know in there that we're, when we're going live, um, and you can be part of uh, the experience and kind of see the behind the, the scenes. Um, nonetheless... Today, our episode is a continuation of, uh, of one that we started last time. Um, we're talking about relationships mm-hmm. and specifically uh, strategies or, or tenets, pillars, hallmarks, uh, a bunch of other fancy words. Indicators. What Indicators. makes a healthy relationship? That's a very heavy question, Lori. I'm not oh, really no. prepared to answer that for you right now. Don't worry, because I can. And as well, wow. I'm trying. Fantastic. I like it. <laughs> Don't worry, folks. An angel just I got her wings. Her wings? Sure. Sure. Um, but uh, in all seriousness, so today we're going to talk about there, there's Both. four there's four tenets, and uh, Lori's going to help me out with this because I don't have my phone handy. Um, but we we've got give nurture, we've got receive nurture. Sure, the person's ability to give nurturing care. Uh huh. The person's ability to receive nurturing care. What are the other two? The person's ability to negotiate their wants and needs. Mm-hmm. And then lastly, the person's ability to be interdependent. Not independent. Well, independence mixed with dependence gives you interdependence. You can't be interdependent unless you're independent. Nor can you be independent. Challenge accepted. That's right. That's what I'm saying. And you can't be independent unless you're dependent. Hmm. Which is why he asked earlier, do they build on each other? And to some degree, they do. Each of the tenants? Because the first two we're going to talk about are like, Foundational. But but you can't actually be independent, interdependent, and all of the dependent words we just talked about unless you've learned how to be dependent on somebody, right? Initially. Initially. So I mean, I really think it depends. Care. <laughs> no. <laughs> 
<laughs> you, never mind. Um, yeah. So, um, but that's but that's what we're learning in in giving care and receiving care is interdependence in, right. in that in that dance, right? So that's why um, they sort of build on each other. So the one we're going to hit on today, um, we're going to break this down into four episodes, uh, and the one we're going to hit on today is the ability to give nurturing care. Really basic, and I think why we're starting with that one is because it does feel so basic, and it feels really, I think, familiar to us. Um, if you're a part of of this journey, and when I say this journey, I mean the foster adoption journey. Um, most of us do really well being able to give nurturing care to others. And when I say the word nurturing care, uh, I encourage you just brainstorm and, and almost as though you just opened up a thesaurus of finding different synonyms that go with the word nurturing. And I think they can all be interchangeable. So this is compassionate care. This is protective care. This is loving care. This is intentional care. There's really no other word um, that can't, there's not any words that can't go into that space, that nurturing space well. Mm-hmm. And so don't just, I, I, I want to broaden your understanding of what does it mean to be nurturing? Well, what does that mean to you? To some people, it means being protected. I know that I'm nurtured when I'm protected from harmful things. I know that I'm nurtured when somebody's really compassionate to me, right? And so I think that there's a level of subjectivity. How we identify and define that word is going to be typically how we act that out to others. Does that make sense? It absolutely makes sense. And like <laughs> as you were as you were saying that, uh, you were broadening my perspective because I was actually going at this rather narrow. Um, but that makes sense because one way in which I feel nurtured is when I'm allowed to be protective of others. Mm. Like when people kind of acquiesce, and that's not the right word, when, when people um, give me the responsibility of protection over them, um, that's one way that I feel nurture. And that's kind of a different way of looking at it. I think. Yeah. yeah, and I think, you know, re- relationship requires at least, at least two people. So when you think of, of these things like, you know, the ability to give the care, um, think about not only because a lot of people go immediately, well, is that child able to give care to other people? And we could just focus on the child. But am I able to give care to other people? Because sometimes that's really, really hard for people to do that, right? Um, and you, you said compassionate care. And, and um, I wrote the word compassion down here because um, we can initially, particularly in foster care when kids are welcomed into our homes, we can initially be appear to be super compassionate and I just want to just I don't explain what I mean by appear to be super compassionate because we do meet the child's needs we do we feel sorry for the child so we have sympathy when they arrive and sympathy is okay because it's the starting point so it's compassion but it's not sufficient if all you have is sympathy you're never ever going to get there what you need is empathy because that's you seeing the world from the other person's perspective that's seeing how things impact somebody else uh, that allows you to look outside of yourself because empathy is a necessary component of compassion. Sure. The dictionary definition of compassion is a feeling of sorrow accompanied by a desire. Sympathy, empathy, right? A feeling of sorrow accompanied by a desire to alleviate another person's suffering. Mm. That's what compassion is, your desire to alleviate somebody else's suffering, your desire to act in their best interest. Um, over and over, this idea is repeated in the Bible, and Jesus saw the crowd, and he had compassion on them, so he fed them. He had compassion on them, he taught them. He had compassion on them, he healed them. Mm. Right, his compassion drove him to action, to care for them in the way that they needed to be cared for. <clears throat> he gave. That's right. And so, one of my favorites is um, in in the Gospel of Luke. They talk about this this uh, the story about this the widow at Nain, 
um, and she's a, she's in her son's funeral procession, and so all the men in her family are dead, and so at that time uh, of the world, you know, that time in human history, that location, a woman without any male covering was basically out of luck, right? And so because Jesus had compassion on the woman, he raises her son back to life and restores her, mm-hmm. him to her, and so... Um, I do like the way you call that compassionate parenting because it is so much more than just feeling sorry for, for somebody because we have to get there. Sure. It's, it's a growth process to get to the place, right? You don't just wake up and have healthy relationships because relationships require work. You know? Well, and I think even even that characteristic of empathy that feels like such a higher echelon type feeling or expression, I, I don't think people empathize easily. Mm-hmm. Um, I, agree, I think yeah. it's something that has to be cultivated and nurtured and, and fostered within ourselves and practiced often in order to be able to step outside of our own selves into the shoes of somebody else. And I think there's a lot of, I think we could postulate a, a, a many different reasons behind that, whether it's now our culture and our society, and we see that this is um, selfishness tends to take over, it seems to me, now more in our society than it ever did. Um, this self-centeredness and self-actualization and it's all about me, that there's some really great points to that. However, when you have self-centeredness, there isn't room for empathy and to mm. be able to have the ability to step out into somebody else's shoes. And so I think I think that's important to, to identify and kind of normalize that our hope is that empathy gets to be your goal, that mm. you hope to be and you work towards being an empathetic person. But even with the relationships all around us of going into a new working relationship in a working environment or a relationship with a youth group or a life group or neighborhoods that you always kind of go in tentative and you go in guarded, we tend to, or we go in, oh, I'm going to give this compassionate type care, this welcoming type care initially and to get the ball rolling of that relationship. And once that relationship is rolling, I think we tend to go back to our definition of nurturing care that was instilled in us. So my my example of that is um, meeting my husband for the first time and feeling compassionate towards him of his story and knowing that he had experienced a divorce in the past. I had an idea of what that looked like, but 10 years later, being fully involved in his children, now our children, and their their two parents, so there's four parents collectively, all co-parenting, I have a different view of what that relationship looks like. I have a different view of what the divorce looked like. Mm. Is there compassion there? There is, but there's also now insight. Um, I'm a person that when I give care, I love to cook for you, and I love to tend to you, and I want to make your bed every day so that you have a warm bed to get into. And I pull the sheets back in my kids, and they're teenagers. They're 20 and Is it turn down service at your house? There is. If I had so a mint, one I lamp, would... <laughs> some Mozart, and I'd, a mint on the pillow. I'd like to point out that she says that she likes to do all these things. She's not saying that she does them all. <laughs> well, I was going to say, has she ever cooked for you? Because she has never bought me food before. Well, so. no, but in all fairness, I do not live in her home. So <laughs> well, she said, when I care for, I like to care for people. I like oh, to cook for them, is what she bad. said. But this is, you know, I love the idea of my <laughs> Moving on, she says. Thank you, and we're going to keep going. <laughs> I don't even know if that made sense, but it felt right. <laughs> that when my kids, when it's time for bed, even as teenagers, they're going to see that little corner pulled down, and they're going to, my hope is that this is a, just a small gesture, just mm, an expression sure. of care and love for them, right? So, But there's a reason why these things are important to me, because this is the way that I was loved on 
as a child. So being really, I mean, this we're talking about a great deal of self-awareness of being able to say, I care for others in a certain way because somebody cared for me in that way. Mm-hmm. And there's some familiarity to that. So let me ask you a question real quick. Let me, because like, yeah. a thought just jumped into my head with regards to that, because I'm always kind of, I'm, I'm the guy who I bristle sometimes when I hear people say, I'm going to go help these people over here. Okay, and I'm I'm re- I'm using that in the context here of giving, nurturing care. Sure. Because I think that sometimes uh, we we assume, and and it may be that we have actual empathy, and and that we're there, and that we actually understand what a person's needs are, and we're able to to just go and help somebody. But I find that that frequently people who have tried to help me in the past have trampled all over me trying to help mm. me um, because they're trying to really meet their need to help me and not meet the need that I have. Um, you, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So I think, I think there's, I think it's important to discuss maybe here in the context of, of that. We, we have to be introspective enough and understand, yes, this is how, this is how we like to help. Um, and, and so do we just seek out people who need that sort of help that we like to provide? Or if we're already in a relationship, maybe, what do we have to do? Uh, what, what, what toggles do we have to flip internally to be empathetic to the other person who we've expressed care for um, to shift gears to meet their actual needs versus the needs that we assume that they had that, that might not actually be what they need? So, so there's a thought I had while you're asking that question. Context matters. Yes. Right. So um, in, in the context of a relationship, giving care to somebody is different than going halfway around the world to help people. Right. Because that's not relational at, at its core that is scratching something inside of me. Sure. Now, some kind of relationship may come out of that. I get that. But, the, but what's driving it is something in you. The ability to give care is because I care about you. So this is how we. So um, I just want to say one thing before I finish that answer. Um, you're talking about turning the the, the 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 sheets down for your kids at night. Mm-hmm. Um, when you stay in hotels that offer turn down service, mm-hmm. and unfortunately we don't stay in those enough. But when we do have occasion to stay in this, I always request it because it is special. Like when you come back from dinner, or whatever, and and your and your bed's like ready for somebody to climb into it, and there's a little mint on them, all the kind. Of, you do really feel special when somebody cared that much about making you feel special, right? And so. This is one of the ways that we kind of coach giving care at our home because you have to coach it into the kids, right? Because if you don't believe that human beings are narcissists and only care about themselves, you've never met a baby before, right? When that baby is just operating mostly on, on, on their downstairs brain, well, not mostly, entirely on their downstairs brain. Completely. Um, right? The baby doesn't care that they're crying, woke you up at 3 a.m. The baby only cares that they're hungry. Okay, and so we have to coach that out of our kids and help develop that because empathy is a higher function of the brain. And if it doesn't get typically the neurotypical wiring doesn't happen, that stuff's not going to start immediately be there. And so one of the ways we coach giving care is at our home. Um, somebody, if you're hurt, somebody has to give you a Band-Aid. Right, somebody has to care for another somebody in our home. You cannot put your bandit on yourself because that's one of the things that that kids who struggle in a relationship only want to take care of themselves. Mm. Right. Then the next thing we're going to talk about is the ability to receive the care. Right. That's where they kind of go hand in hand. And so you have to coach people on having somebody else <coughs> care for them. 
and you have to coach people on caring for somebody else. And so even my wife and I, we don't put Band-Aids on ourselves, and people laugh at this. And if you have other adults at the house, they think we're awfully silly. But if you cut your finger trying to slice onions to cook dinner, that you go and find somebody to do it for you instead of just doing it for yourself. But it does coach you to give care to somebody else. And so as we see these things over time develop, like if one of our kids get hurt, gets hurt, typically one of the other children will run to the freezer and get an ice pack. And then we're like, oh, my gosh, they actually cared about somebody else and gave them some nurturing care. That's beautiful. We're noticing that, re- that healthy relationships are growing in our home because um, when the kids bicker and fight about toys or they yell at each other or you touched me and all the stuff that kids fight about, right? When that happens, it's less important to us because I know when somebody's hurt, that person who was yelling about you touched me five minutes ago will actually go and get them something and care for them to meet their need. And so that's why that's an indicator of a healthy relationship because it's important. But what so often happens in families and happened in ours for a long time is we focus on that which is not important, mm-hmm. the bickering. That's my toy and that stuff. And don't focus on the fact like, oh, my gosh, that five-year-old went and got an ice pack for their sister because they ran around the corner and slipped and stumbled into the wall. Sure. And going to to what Sean was saying and coupling it with what you were saying, Ryan, is that I think between those two, like you are, it sounds as though you and Kayla are teaching your kids, identify a need and serve that need, give care to that need. Um, And I that's brilliant and so important especially at this age and as young as your kiddos are because those are the footprints to empathy when you can start there and in the same breath I think it's really important and correct me if I'm wrong Sean but it sounded as though this dichotomy of of I'm serving you or I'm tending to you because I see the need on the other side I'm tending to you because I'm serving a need within myself right and I I think that's a really fine balance and one that we need to be so introspective of Mm -hmm. Um, is it you just went to your your friend's house whose husband's in the hospital and delivered five meals for her um, and for her family and then went home and posted on Facebook of <laughs> just sent five meals to so and so's house. Crushing you know. care, <laughs> nailing it. Hashtag. <laughs> and Too and that's where it starts to feel uncomfortable. Too to be stressed. <laughs> I, I don't have a drop for any of this. I keep looking at my board, hoping I can. At least it's not the crickets. At least it's not the crickets. Mind blown. Blown. <laughs> blown. I think it's really important that that we be mindful of the reason and the intention and motivation behind our giving our train care. Yeah, absolutely. And that, and that was kind of my my point is that I think that, you know, and uh, God bless anybody who helps. I, I have frequently yeah. told folks um, when when we start getting critical of people and, and we just tend to do that. Right. Um, you know, oh, they should have given their money over here. Oh, right. they should have they should have done this that way or, or whatever. The reality is, is that that God has blessed the folks who have resources with the resources they've got. And, and he's guiding them towards using them in the way that he that he wants you to use your resources. And so second guessing folks whenever they're caring for somebody is, is a bit um, uh, silly. But mm-hmm. and, and frequently whomever is actually in need of help is appreciative of the help uh, regardless of what form it takes or, or you know whatever so 
Um, I didn't want to overthink it too much. No, and that's not, it's not on us to be the judge. It's not on anybody to be the judge. We're saying this because we're our own judge. And so when we do something, having the awareness to go, oh, you know what? That probably wasn't a hundred percent unselfish on my part. Yeah. You know, in in many acts, we do things so that we do feel good within ourselves. There's nothing wrong with that by any means. It's just, I I think it's really easy to say that we do this well, that we give care well. And I think that's the truth. Just as a society as a whole, we can be a really caring, compassionate society. Sure. Um, And and there's nothing wrong with that. In the same breath, it's it's are we doing it in in the ways that the recipient um, that we're meeting needs of the recipient? Yeah. So I think a lot of, uh, and I think maybe we've said this already. So I may be recapping some stuff, um, but uh, I think it's it's easy though sometimes for us to assume that we're great caregivers, mm-hmm. right? When when maybe we're not as great as we think that we are. Yeah. And if we've got, you know, I love the term that I think both of you guys have used. So I've definitely heard Ryan say it, you know, I, folks that I'm doing life with who can, who can speak back to me truth about the circumstance, even yeah. when it's something that I don't like to hear. Um, but uh, that's the thought that comes to mind in that set of circumstances, right? Like if you, if you're if you're the person who who says, "Man, I, this episode's not for me. I can't I can't wait until my husband hears this, or I can't wait until my <laughs> wife hears this." Um, uh, you know, approach this information with with even just a grain of possibility that there might be room for self improvement as well, um, and uh, and and your spouse might actually be more receptive to to receiving it. Um, but at any rate, uh, the the point that I was trying to make is that um, w- what strategies or, or what can we do other than maybe finding folks that we're doing life with that can speak back to us truth that we can hear? How how can we kind of self-assess if we actually are good caregivers or not? Yeah. So uh, along with what you were saying, if you don't, if you don't mind me jumping yeah, on go that. Ahead. So, Um, what you were saying there that is absolutely possible to help somebody that you're in a relationship with hands down yeah but but that's not what we're talking about we're talking about specifically in the context of relationship because I find that the the closer you get to home Sometimes the harder these things are to do. It is right. easier to climb on a plane and go to Nairobi and care for people there for a week than it is to care for your own children some days. That's just simply the truth. And so I think one of the things you have to be careful of is if your kids um, have needs and instead of caring for those needs, you find yourself getting frustrated. You find yourself being annoyed. You find yourself not wanting to help them. Mm. And that's a real check you have to have on yourself and ask yourself, how did you get here? Because in the context of a relationship, when people in relationship with you need you, then you will give them their care, right? Mm -hmm. If your friend says, I need a ride to the airport, you typically will say, yeah, okay, I can figure that out. You don't tell them to Uber it. Maybe sometimes you do. I don't know. I feel like I don't tell people (laughs) to Uber it if I'm in relationship with them. Like I help people who need help in the context of relationship, but then I find myself reluctant to help my children all the time. And so I have to question why that is. And the question Mm -hmm. is that obviously I'm not doing the work that's necessary to have the healthy relationship that I want with my children because adults have to drive change in their homes. Right. If we if we allow if we expect the change the positive change to be driven by our children, um, that's a mistake. That's a shirking of our responsibility. And so, as the parents, we have to drive the positive change, which means that um, we have to recognize that we can teach. You know, kids can learn things or they can catch things. Right? It's taught or it's caught. And I think that. 
because I understand that it is caught that I have to model what I want. And so, you know, I can stop what I'm doing and I can help. Right. I can. I don't always choose to, <laughs> but I can. Yeah. And that's just it. The, the charge isn't to do this perfectly and that we are going to do this. That's not the expectation. The oh, expectation wait, is that. Not, that's <laughs> not what we're. <laughs> you want to start the episode again? <laughs> aim, for, aim for mediocrity, folks. <laughs> mediocrity, is, it's not a bad it's thing. It's an improvement for some. Because the, the, the big part of the bell curve's in the middle. Let's not forget that. <laughs> that's right. That's true. Apex. 50% right of the population there. could benefit from mediocrity. So right. it's, it's all about. <laughs> I want that on a T-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> it's all about exactly what Ryan just did in his humility and in his transparency to say, "I there are times that I don't do Thank this." You for well. Those things you're that welcome. People don't often use to describe me, <laughs> and it's it's on record. So, um, the idea that that we don't we don't do this well all the time, but I, I can acknowledge when I don't do it well, mm. and I can step back and make sense of it, and then. I'm going to try again to do it better the next time. It reminds me, last night I walk in the door, 8 o'clock, just got done with work. It was a late night. And I'm kind of, I didn't leave, I didn't leave my work at at work. And I didn't even leave it in my car. Mm. I brought it all the way through the front door into the kitchen where I'm just kind of spent. And I'm not in a great mood. And bless my husband's heart, all he's been doing is waiting for me to get home for the last three hours. Um, to say, hey, how was your day? And, yeah. and to reconnect from our day being apart. And I wasn't in a place to give any nurturing care. And that wasn't fair to him. Mm. And and for me, did it get loud or, or um, chaotic? No. I mean, it was just quiet. It just, I wasn't warm. I wasn't nurturing in my approach. I wasn't um, soft in my response to him. It was just kind of short and curt and I needed my space or I thought I needed my space. I didn't communicate that. So that's mm. not nurturing care. It would have been nurturing care of me to say, babe, so happy to see you. I did not leave work in the car. I needed just some few minutes, please, if you can spare that. But I didn't even communicate that. And Mm. so it's this, it's in the small moments and stepping back. And I realized as I was getting out of work clothes and, and getting comfy, I thought he didn't deserve that. He didn't deserve any of that. And to stop and go back in and say, you know what, man, I'm, I'm sorry. I love you and I missed you. Tell me about your day. And then making time and attention to what his day looked like by putting mine aside. That's nurturing care. Yeah, yeah I That's love good that. good example. So uh, we're kind of nearing the end of our time. I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think maybe the next episode we're going to get into receiving care. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so let me say something real quick that will tie into that maybe is um, don't get discouraged and give up caregiving give up caregiving don't give up caregiving if the person you're trying to care give (laughs) is not a a care receiver it's not a care receiver (laughs) yes picture book this is a long way to go and loves flow charts you'll make one so um, what i'm trying to say is if you're trying to help somebody who is not good at receiving help if you're trying to care for somebody who is not good at receiving care um don't don't own that uh right that's not you um, there is there is responsibility, and we'll we'll get into the next episode about uh, being a good receiver of care, um, and and so there are folks out there who are just not that great at receiving care, and and sometimes that frustrates us and puts us in a bad spot um, internally. But um, anyways, uh, final thoughts, and let's wrap this one up. Who wants to go? Anybody have final thoughts? Do we have final thoughts? I'm excited. Have, I'm excited. My final thought is that if you think about these things, it makes perfect sense. Um, you know, giving care because if you if somebody matters to you, you, you should want to, right? The desire in you to want what's best for them. 
um, should be cultivating. And so if over the course of these episodes, if these things aren't evident in your relationships, then I think you need to kind of pause and try to figure out why that is, get some help figuring out why that is, because we're made for relationships. Don't be disillusioned by the simplicity. I mean, they're, they're, mm, that's good. they're simple concepts, good. but it's worth the time and, and the energy to put in and, and unpack and navigate through those. Fantastic. Okay, well, uh, just a, a parting plea to uh, like our episodes, provide us with positive reviews, subscribe uh, so you get notifications. We uh, we put out this little show now on uh, multiple avenues. You can you can listen to the Pure Podcast uh, through Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify. You can be a it. part of our family. We, we've done a really good job of of dispersing the opportunity. If you're not listening to the show, you just don't like us. <laughs> I mean, that's that's what it comes down to. It is not for lack of opportunity. Now, you don't have internet at your house. That's, that's, <laughs> that's right. right. The that's year right. is eighteen ninety three. Yeah, and, and in which case, send me an email and we'll print a transcript for you. You can. Swing by the, the year is 1893. <laughs> the other night we were doing training, and and so we still have a fax number. And I'm like, you have to get your documents to us, and just in case your documents still live in the 1980s, yeah. we have a fax machine. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, if we'll you fax ha- your transcript. Yeah. <laughs> if you have not already, uh, check out our Facebook group. It's a great place to communicate with other folks who are dealing with the same issues that you're dealing with. Great place to have conversation. Uh, we jump into it. The, sh- the hosts, all three of us, jump in occasionally and and uh, dialogue with folks directly about uh, about what's going on. And uh, what have I left out? Subscribe, review, like, Be a part of thumbs this. up, tweet, share. Time. Make a donation for a new hard drive. You've got that. Make a donation for a new hard drive. We'll be. Uh, this is part two of our five part series That's on right. relationships. I look forward to talking to you next time. Stay tuned. <laughs>